You are now listening to The Gina Lee Nolan Show. Hey everybody, it's Gina Lee Nolan here. I hope you all are having a wonderful day or evening, wherever you are. Today we have a very special guest. She is a good friend of mine. She is a survivor of thyroid cancer. Um, but she's better known for being a supermodel. She's been in the pages of Sports Illustrated and Playboy, and um, she's an actress, a host, uh, and just a really exciting person in general. She's a lot of fun. I'm excited to introduce Miss Angie Everhart. How are you? Can I get a whoop whoop? A whoop whoop! <laughs> I'm so happy that you're with us today. I'm excited to be here, Gina. Gina, we know it. And just to kind of talk about our story and what's going on in our lives and, you know, how it all started. And with you, I mean, gosh, I I did my due diligence <laughs> and you've got you've got quite the stats. Like well, I have like 10 lives. <laughs> I feel like a cat. <laughs> Which live do you want to talk about today? <laughs> Well, let's let's just yeah, I hear you there. Let's uh, let's start from the beginning. Like, how did you get into the the world of modeling? I guess that's kind of where it started, right? It you know, I have it all to I you know, I have to thank my mother, of course, for one giving me this uh, head of hair and what I look like. You know, I have to thank my parents for all of that because they gave me such a, a foundation of love and strength and 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 just a, a you can do it my mom just told me you can do it and I never had a you know I grew up as a redhead so I really was uh put to the test in school put it that way like kids mm-hmm. made fun of me all the time so when I started I had thick skin yeah <laughs> already because you know I was kind of bullied not kind of I was bullied in high school a lot. I mean, I've been called every single name you could possibly think of, and then some. Wow. Um, as a redhead. So when I started, when my, you know, my mom, you know, got me into modeling, she took my pictures in and, you know, to an agency and said, do, do you think my, my daughter could be a model? And there was a couple modeling agencies in town, and she went to this woman named Linda Apple. And I started taking courses, how to walk and how to put mm-hmm. makeup on. And and the next, when I was about finished with the courses, she said, do you think you're ready for a real job? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> is fun. And so they booked me on the runway show at a model convention at Quaker Square Mall, downtown Akron, Ohio. So I wasn't in the model convention. I was working the model convention in a fashion show and the New York models and modeling agents were there and they came up to me after the show and said, do you want to come to New York? So I was basically discovered on my first job. Wow. As you know, because as a redhead, because I filled a void in the marketplace mm-hmm. that just wasn't there, which is great. Yeah. I, you know, love to fill voids. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you just from there, you and I, what what age was this? Fourteen. Oh my gosh! I was fourteen, You're and baby. so I went from I went from Akron 
to New York, believe it or not, at the at the, at the young age of 14, they said that I was going to have uh, full supervision, that I would be in a model's apartment, and I, I, I just can't believe, because I, I had the most strict mom on the block. Everybody right. was afraid of, everybody was afraid of Ginny Everhart, let me tell you. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> they were, they were afraid, and she never even raised her voice. She just gave you a look, and everybody was afraid of her. Yeah, she didn't have Anyway, to. she let me go to New York by myself with these girls and when we got there the first day the person who was staying in the apartment with us left to go to a spa so we were three girls 14 15 and 16 years old on a penthouse apartment on 34th street in new york for the summer oh my gosh (laughs) trouble if you can imagine uh and there I met some friends and some people that I that I actually still am friends with to this day. Wow, that's awesome. So then did you just start like booking catalogs or did you get no. right into the magazines or? No, it didn't start like that because redheads weren't, it wasn't, I wasn't a viable commodity at that point. No, it was, and I was very young and very green and it, you know, redheads just were not, there, it, it, it didn't exist in the modeling industry at all. And so I went, and I, my dream was to be with the Ford Modeling Agency, and I wasn't with them. And so I went over, and I had taken some pictures at this time, and I went and I showed my pictures to Ford, and they took me, and Ford, and Eileen took me into her house. Oh, yeah. And so the first, the first night that I'm staying at her house, I hadn't even spent the night. Christy Turlington comes walking up the stairs. I don't know if any of you know who she is, but she's one of the most famous models of all time in my generation. Yes. She comes walking up the stairs uh, with her makeup completely done, having done a, a Cosmo cover shoot for with with uh, it's like Scavulo or Avedon or one of the one of the one people, and I'm looking at this woman like, oh my god, she's so beautiful. And so I went to ask Eileen a question, and. <laughs> I put my hand on the wall of her bedroom door, like on the doorway and the frame of the door. I yeah. said, excuse me, I, excuse me, Eileen. She walked out. She turned to me with venom and slapped my hand and hit me. Wow. And, and, and put her finger like that little old, like the Wicked Witch of the West and said, redheads don't sell. And, and... And, and I, and I looked at her, that's what I did. I went, "Ah!" and I grabbed my hand and I said, you know, my mom doesn't even hit me. And I said, and Eileen, you want to bet? Yeah. And I turned around, I picked up my stuff. I walked right back out of the house. Wow. And, you know, and I could have, it could have gone either way. I could have just quit modeling at that point, but I was so determined to show that woman that I was going to be the first woman, the first redhead to do it, to make it to. So years down the line, I'm shooting a glamour cover and I shoot this glamour cover and then I shoot another glamour cover and then Mm. we shoot another glamour cover. And they're, they're, they're trying to remake the very first one that I did. And I said, what's going on with you guys trying to remake the same cover? Cause, and I've, and I've had 25 covers at this time. Wow. And, and they of uh, of different magazines all around the world. And they said, "Well, you your magazine cover 
was the highest selling magazine cover of the year. Yes. And by the way, by the way, did you know that you were the first redhead ever to be on American Glamour? Oh and I said, I said, oh my gosh, you have to send me those numbers. You have to send me that and on a piece of paper. So I had that typed up, put in a beautiful box, and I sent that <laughs> over <laughs> to Eileen Ford. Oh, no. In a, in a beautiful package, and on the bottom I wrote, want to bet? Wow. <laughs> I've had um, my my fair share of um, times with, with Eileen, and, and she, she definitely, uh, she was tough. She was tough. I mean, there was, it, it, it's just so different now. I mean, it's a completely different world, as you, as you know. But back then, I mean, it was just, you had to be a certain weight. You had to be, um, uh-huh. I mean, you literally were starved, uh, you know. Um, so right. I, I totally can see, see that happening. But wow. So you had made it at that point. I mean, you've been. I, on- I had, I was already, I had, I already had a career at that point, but yeah. it was, it was quite the satisfaction. And so she got, she asked me if I wanted to come to Florida and I, I said, no, I said, thank you very much. Thank you. But, and God rest her soul, Eileen up there in heaven looking down. But, um, she was, uh, she was definitely a pivotal point of my life. Yeah. A driving force yes. for me to, to make it. Kind of almost <laughs> in, in a, in a odd way, but kind of inspired you to really push yourself to, uh, you know, to make I, it. I've always thought, I've always thought out of every bad situation comes mm-hmm. something good. So, so yeah, true. she did. She inspired me. Okay, let me get this right. You, you've been on all these covers. When did you get into Sports Illustrated? Was it during this time or after? Or? Sports Illustrated, I, you know, I moved from New York. I got, came home, graduated, went to Milan. Then I moved to Paris. And I was living in Paris and working crazy, you know, just nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty much the only redhead in the business. There may have been one, there was one other girl, Valerie, and so it was, she, but she was mainly a showgirl. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't, I'd crossed over. I had done, I was doing it all. I was doing magazines, I was doing catalogs, I was doing editorial, I was doing fashion shows, and where everybody else was doing, you know, their amount of shows, I didn't have any competition. So when they were doing five shows, I was doing 19. Wow. So I was, I was running everywhere. I was like the undiscovered talent. And then how did that roll into the, I mean, it's all kind of one big, uh, you know, business as far as modeling, acting, hosting, you know, infomercial type things. But you've done your fair share of roles too as an actress. Was that just something you kind of just went into or, I mean, did you go back to LA or? No. Well, because again, at my time, there's, I sound like a, an, Back in the day, um, <laughs> um, it was they, so they, hard, kids. They, I walked in well, hip deep it, snow. It, at that time, models were not. It was like taboo for a model to be an actress. So models can't act, is what they right. what they always said. So my first movie that I got, well, my second movie, my first movie was Last Action Hero, and I was the video counter babe with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. which, was a, which was a blast for me. You know, I got to come out to L.A. I was staying uh, at the producer's house 
directly, who was a friend of mine, and I was standing right on it, right, right on the beach, and you know, doing a movie, a, a small part with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, I love this. I, I think this is this is a calling. Mm-hmm. And they treated pe- women and they treated people better than they do in the modeling industry. And because let me tell you, yeah. the modeling industry is not easy. And it's it's for any of you who don't know about the modeling industry and are thinking about putting your kids into the modeling industry, make sure they have a college education first because it's a tough, tough, tough world. And you really want your daughter or son to have something to fall back on because it is a business. It's a business. It's a cruel business. And I was very lucky and you were very lucky, Mm -hmm. but I had something completely different that made me stand out. Mm. And in today's world, you know, you have, you know, that there's so many people and it's so accessible. So it, 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 you know, we were, it was, one girl was more beautiful than the next. And it was really like the, the golden era to be a model or a supermodel, whatever, because I guess once you're called a supermodel, it's like being, having an Oscar. (laughs) So I, you know, I did Sports Illustrated four times and I, the last time that I did it, it was so cold and I was in Aspen. It was so cold that, that they, and I didn't complain that they did an article on me and they had a, a, a reporter following me around and my mom happened to be in New York and, and, the, and the article was four pages in Sports Illustrated and it was awesome. And I had my little dog, my little white dog, and my mom kept saying, whatever you do, just don't walk behind Angie because she said, because the men will turn around to look at her and run into you. <laughs> Oh, it's so sweet. Well, I can relate to to working in in the cold uh, weather. I mean, they had uh, a slew of lights on the beach, and we'd be in the ocean in October. And, oh yeah. Uh, many a time, I had hy- hypothermia, but uh, and I didn't complain. <laughs> so no. we have that in common. You you don't complain when you're on that level. It's it's. Uh... Yeah, it's just you have to think think warm thoughts, right? Think warm thoughts. Think warm thoughts. Extremely warm. <laughs> as much as I feel that that the modeling business and the acting business, they're, they're definitely uh, the same as far as a business, but they're very different because I felt like I was treated differently than I was when I was, when I was acting. Did you feel that way? Oh, it's completely different. It's two different worlds. I mean, it's modeling business and there's the acting business. It's it's two different things completely. And, you know, I quit modeling when I was at the top of my game. Um, I look back on it, it's a little bit insane. But um, I had to do that because models can't act is what the stigma was. And, and I really wanted just to be an actress because once I had the once I had the fever, Mm. And I was in Last Action Hero, and I was the video counter babe. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you were hooked. I was, oh, I was, I was hooked, and and I it was, and it wasn't that, you know, it it was just that I I loved becoming other people, and I loved mm. I loved the the art of acting, and I loved the fact that I could be go into other people's lives. 
and study and become, you know, and be a vampire and be a doctor and be a prostitute and be a, you know, or be a, a hero and be a, you know, bigger than life or smaller than small. I was an epileptic in one movie and, and, you know, a mom and, and, you know, bad girl and good girl. And and, uh, there's so many different women that I've played. Yeah, you have. And and it's been, you know, I've done 50 some movies. That's crazy. So, you know, I've, I've, I've had two great careers. Yeah, you have definitely. And, and you know, I, now I should say three because I'm a mom, so that's a career yes. in itself. <laughs> yeah, the best part, the best role you've ever played. Now, like, as far as um, acting is concerned, I mean, I personally, um, I, I feel like modeling. Sometimes I was kind of being somebody else. I was playing a part, but definitely the acting for me. I really got into the role and I loved uh, being, I think, taken seriously to a certain degree mm-hmm. in the roles that I played. I felt the opposite. You did. I felt people more took me more serious as a model than they did as an actress. Well, probably because you're super like smoking hot and like you're a supermodel and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe that could be why. Just a just a guess. I, I think know. because I reached such a status as yeah. a model, yeah, that I never reached the same status as an actress, and that was frustrating for me. Did and you ever? Well, yeah, I can I can see that. You see what I'm you, you see yeah. where I'm going. Well, did you just, ever deal with? Okay, for me, I would always hear horror stories about you know the casting couch and you know women. I mean, they would do anything for roles. And that just was not me at all. Like, I didn't want it bad enough to ever fall prey into that. And I know a lot of women felt the pressure of of having to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I got lucky in, in that regard. Um, I think maybe well, you people... didn't get you didn't get lucky, Gina. Maybe you people are afraid choice. of me. Oh, yeah. Or... You made a choice. Yeah. You made a choice to not do that. And I and I think that that's, you know, bravo to you because that that is a choice. You can do it or you don't. Right. And you have either the head on your shoulders to do that or not, because it is a choice. Um, right. You know, granted, there is some unlucky situations. I was in an unlucky situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was 20 some years ago. And yeah, it, it was an unlucky situation. But um, that wasn't a casting couch. That was right. just an unlucky situation. <laughs> right. Do you want to elaborate or is there? Oh, I was on a, you know, it was just a Harvey Weinstein story. Oh, boy. You know, I was one of the first girls, you know, 20 years ago before I think he got out of control. And oh wow. And he, I was on a boat and he exposed himself. So it's, you know, and, and I, you know, I said something back then and people were like, oh, that's just Harvey. Right. So it's. It's not, um, it's, it was disgusting. Yeah, I'm sorry Um, to hear that. And, and, you know, and I had to live with that through my whole career. And every time I saw him, you know, Mm. be grossed out and That's what I've heard from from a lot of women that that had run-ins with him is that it was just so hard to tolerate Um, Oh, well, he got worse over the years, worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, and because 
you know, he even said to me, you know, you're not going to tell anybody about this. And I said to him, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm telling everybody. Mm-hmm. And I did. I told yeah, everybody. I can see that with you. I can't I can't uh, see you holding I, anything back. I, I, I told everybody that night. I told everybody and he was not happy with me. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it, you know, people pretty much know where they stand with me. I have to say there was um, after this happened. Um, at the beginning, a long, long time ago, there was a there was a girl that was staying in one of the model apartments and in Paris, and she had been raped. And I had come into the apartment, and she was crying, and I I, I just I didn't know what happened to her, and I happened to just be there to see somebody else, and I looked at her and I said, "You have to go home." right now book yourself a ticket and go home right. and and she said why and I said because there's nothing for you here right now and there's nobody to take care of you and you need to go home and heal and this is not the place for you yeah. you need to go and take care of yourself because these people are not going to help now, you what wise and, advice and and I knew it. I mean, she was just, it was just awful. I felt mm-hmm. so bad for her because it was somebody had put a gun to her head and it was on a street. Oh my God. And so after all this had happened, it was just a horrible situation. And after all this happened, that girl contacted me. And when I came out and she said, do you remember me? Do you remember mm-hmm. me? And, and I said, absolutely. I remember you like it was yesterday. And she said, I just want to thank you. Mm. you saved my life. And she said, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have you to to have told me that because I did. I went home and I got the help I needed Mm -hmm. and the support that I needed. And I was just like, oh my God, it makes it, it it made me coming out to tell that story worthwhile. And that's where I truly believe in women empowering women. And that's exactly what you did. I mean, you, you, stepped in and and you you saved this girl's life i just feel like you know it's it's about time that um people are standing up for each other it's not about just women empowering women it's about people standing up for what's right Mm -hmm. and and you know and not crying wolf either right you know i don't like what's happening yes either okay so i agree it's it's because the ones that cry wolf are ruining it for the ones who really need it right and and really need help. So there's a there's a big problem there too. Agreed. And, and so you know that will cause a big problem too. That I will just say cause segregation. Right. More. And so many people and, are were so afraid to stand up, um, especially against Harvey because of the power. I mean, he was able to make or break. He's a these, scary guy. Yeah. I, these he's careers. A scary guy. He scares me. Yeah. <laughs> Not any longer. He still scares me. <laughs> oh, but but it's it's the um, like you said, it's just it's just coming out and being honest and speaking your truth, and uh, and you did just that. So I applaud you for that. You know, if you know anybody who's having these problems and going through these things, you know, this is these these are serious things and there's serious crimes going on and they mm-hmm. they the there's lines and there's people and there's hotlines that people can call. Yes. Um, and people can be contacted. Right. And right. this is, this is something, and you know, somebody being, being abused, 
please contact somebody or in any way call or tweet or right. do something about it because um, because you can really save somebody's life and or get out of a situation if you feel it. And, you know, you know, what I always told my friends and you know, I always tell my girlfriends, you know, that little tiny voice in your head. Mm-hmm. It's never the intuition. Wrong. It's never wrong. No, never, ever. And when you walk into a room and something says this isn't right, it's never, ever wrong. Right. Agreed. So that's that's what I always followed, that gut instinct. It's right. never wrong. <laughs> it's true. It's it's true. And it, it's it's having a good head on your shoulders. It's walking into to an industry that is tough and that is very scary. And there's a lot of scary characters out there. And it's having the strength to speak out. And like you said, call right. a hotline or tell your family and friends. But I, I want to get into um, something else that you've gone through that I just, I want to hear a little bit more about is your your thyroid cancer, um, like the symptoms and how you, uh, like how it started and what made you delve in a little bit more to, to get a diagnosis? Um, you know, I, I got lucky, very, very lucky. I couldn't sleep and my shoulder hurt and I just kept having shoulder pain, shoulder pain, shoulder pain. And finally, um, my boyfriend was like, you know, you better go get an MRI, just go get an MRI mm-hmm. and get your shoulder checked. So I went in and they checked my shoulder and it was my right shoulder. And the guy was like, hmm. And immediately I knew I was like, "Uh oh, you know, and they say, hmm. Yeah. And they said, well, you don't have anything in your, we don't see anything in your shoulder, but you do have a black mass in your throat. Right. And I said, I was like, "Uh oh. And, you know, a bunch of tests later, you know, they're stabbing a four inch needle in your mm-hmm. throat, doing that, you know, slamming that, that, slamming that needle in your throat mm-hmm. test uh, to get samples. And so I was just, I was, I was embarrassed to say that I had cancer and I didn't want anybody to know because, right. you know, I came from the school of, you know, present perfect. And, and, and good or bad, that's just how we were, we, we presented ourselves, you know, we presented ourselves to be, you know, model perfect. And that was my mentality growing, you know, growing up from the age of 14, I had to be model perfect when I walked out the door. And, and so when I got cancer, it was, you know, it was a big flaw for me and, and it got leaked out by, I remember by yeah by somebody mm-hmm. and I think I know who mm-hmm. but or but whatever and 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 you know and actually you were someone who was very kind to me and and mm-hmm. we didn't even really know each other and reached out and and you were kind to you know point me in a direction to you know ask questions mm-hmm. and and so when I found out that I did have cancer I wish I had had even more information Yeah. and I wish I'd known what I know today. And, and I can't stress more to people. If you do have it, 
and you don't have it in both sides, don't take it out, all of it, you know, your thyroid, because it's the slowest moving cancer. And, you, and if you can keep part of your thyroid, keep it. Mm-hmm. Because without your thyroid, your life changes drastically right. and not for the better. I wish the doctors had told me, but I don't know that they, they, they even knew right. at this point that, that you could keep part of the thyroid. And, I, you know, for me, I just heard cancer. Get it out. Right. There's Take people, it out. Yeah, there's people, uh, you know, on Thyroid Sexy that, that have had, you know, you can do the partial, um, but there's always that fear. I think people come, uh, you know, fear based that it's, you know, it's going to spread. It's going to come back on the other side. So, you know, well, it's, it's so slow growing the Mm -hmm. thyroid cancer and you can check it and you can watch it and you can, you know, that, you know, they say it's the it's the cancer, it's the golden cancer, right? The one that, that if you want get a cancer, that's the one to get because right. it's so slow growing. And but there's no golden cancer. It's still you 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 you're looking at the grim reaper, right? And it's the worst day of your life. You you hear that word, you have you know those words, you have cancer. It's, it's scary. The, the scariest yeah. moment of your life. I, I, and you're I facing your mortality, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, colors get colors change. Reds get redder. Everything seems more precious, and and then fear sets in, right? Right. But once you went through it, and now you're living such an amazing life. You're in it's such a great place. Oh gosh, people were so kind to me, Gina. They were so nice. You could flip through my Twitter page. I mean, over a hundred thousand people. Don't you love that? It, it was unbelievable. It's where I had shame. People were so generous and kind, and it turned my shame around. It made me feel ashamed that I was ashamed. So mm-hmm. I, I, I said to myself, I said, I've got, to, I've got to pay this back and talk about it and tell people what I know because they, people need to hear this. They do, and they want to hear from you because you're so honest and you're so, like, you're bearing your soul. Just even as we talk, I can feel it. I can feel what you went through and how scary it was. Well, because you're, you know, because then afterwards you, you know, you have to be on thyroid medication mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. You have to find out if you want to be on the synthetic thyroid medication or the natural natural thyroid medication. Um, You know, I, I was having narcolepsy. I was falling asleep at the stoplights in my car. Um, You know, from, from having more energy than anybody in the room, I had the least amount of energy Mm -hmm. than anybody I know. It's called thyroid tired. And (laughs) a lot of people don't get that. It's, it's, it's torture. Yeah. And from somebody who was always energetic and running and bouncing and it just, it, it ended up being, you know, and then I forget what I was doing from the kitchen to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. Brain fog. And it was from brain fog and, and it's a side effect of the medication. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you've well, got you, to find You your, have to your, find the right mix. Cocktail of, of you know, of you know, medicine that's going to help you stay awake during the day. Right. And then, and then I was like, so when, then at first I was, I, you know, I was narcoleptic and then, and then I, and then they gave me some medicine that kept me awake for three days. And, and, and Carl was like, okay, 
Yeah. You need to sleep. That's interesting because that's a T3. Usually, you know, you'll get, you know, some, as far as synthetic, they'll do the Synthroid. Uh, I I was on that for a while. I mean, everyone is different. I mean, I have tons of friends that are on Synthroid and it works perfectly. They are so happy with uh-uh. it. I I didn't do as well where I, I tried the natural desiccated thyroid and I thrived. Like I got my groove back. I was awake. I wasn't... Um, uh, hitting the wall at two or three in the afternoon, like I typically was. Um, right. I wasn't losing the hair. I just, you know, everything was a little oh, sharper. Oh, that's a whole other issue. Oh, yeah. That's oh. a whole other issue. If I take too much thyroid medication, my hair starts to fall out yep. in clumps. Yeah. So it, like it's finding the right clumps. balance. And that's a really scary sign. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on in your world now? Well... I have, uh, you know, I told you, I, I have so much happening right now because I refuse to let my divorce define my life and that, you know, I just, I needed to get up and do something and stay busy and stay positive and stay focused. And so I wrote a children's book Mm. and I met, you know, I've got, I've got, I went to publisher yesterday actually so I'm pretty excited we'll see what happens with that and and I have a hairline coming out and and there's I just have a couple things in the works that are that are really exciting for me and awesome and you know it's just things that I've that that are really close to my heart I always say that uh, we have these incredibly beautiful guardian angels that just kind of watch out for us and things just fall into our path right when we need them, right? Oh. When we need that hel- helping hand, someone to lift us up. And that yeah. is perfect. Thank I you. did. I got this Origin campaign and this wonderful little product came floating down into my lap and I had to smile all the time. And it's a great product. So it's not like I had to fake it. I mean, right. I really, I believe in it and, and it worked for me because it was natural and it fit into my body and it fit into my lifestyle, you know, everything that I was doing. Right. You know, as we were talking just as mothers, like it's, you know, we've, we said this earlier on in the, in the podcast, but being a mother, being a parent, being, having that bond with our children, I I just, there is nothing stronger and it is the best thing I've ever done is how I have my children. So, and they are inspiring every day and they're so, they're so honest. (laughs) (laughs) They're so brutally honest. Oh yeah. Like I had him listen to to the intro of of the podcast and I'm like, "Wow, mom, you you kind of sound like like it's like the call map." I'm like, "Really?" They're like, "Yeah, you have like a very calming voice. Maybe you should kind of pick it up a little bit." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Thanks uh for the feed- for the feedback." But uh, yeah, they're 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 amazing. And you're amazing. And I'm so happy wow. to call you my good friend so yeah you too you're just you're just the sweetest prettiest sexiest girl ah you're wonderful but you thyroid are. sexy girls oh you thyroid sexy people out there chin up you can do it amen love mm-hmm. it all righty thanks angie that was angie everhart and it was so wonderful to have her on 
If you like what you heard, please subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at Gina Lee Nolan and on Facebook at Byright Sexy. And until we meet again, please be kind to one another. Peace.